Welcome to the show, Sasha. Very happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So today we're talking about um, your sh- movie. I was going to say short movie, but it's not really a short movie, is it? No, no, it's quite long. It's quite, it's quite <laughs> long, but very entertaining. It's called Tommy Egg. That's right. And um, I really enjoyed the journey you took me on in that movie. It was never what I expected of it. Like, the way it ends, the beginning, the middle, the end, it just, it was a ride. Do you know what happens to a 15 year old who gets famous? You are sexy Russian spy from E4. And I really enjoyed the way it was shot and the way it was edited. Like, it shows that you are a movie lover, like you enjoyed it. And it's a labor of love because there were a lot of shots. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Talk about the the journey of making that. Sure. It's, it's been quite. Well, I may, I um I wrote the script when I was like 19, 20. and uh, I was studying in London at the time, and uh, I I have a. Um, a sort of uh, partner in the in the business, like my best friend, who I uh, founded a company with, and I approached him with this idea of doing a feature, and uh, we only have done like a play together, you know, at the Camden Fringe. So it was a huge step up, and I guess we put it to ourselves like if we say we have to do it, then we ha- we have to try, and if we try, then we might do it, and you know, we don't have a feature right now. But if we try, we might have one. And, you know, if it fails, then we'll just be where we are now anyway. So, and uh, yeah, like we made it pretty, you know, it was self-funded, like shot for nothing really. I mean, we like borrowed the clothes, apartments, like it was, a, you know, it was just a, a big amount of will and determination in that original sort of shoot. And then afterwards, I uh, kind of took a long time just like editing the footage by myself. And um, about like nine months later, I realized that we need to kind of do some reshoots. <laughs> okay. And you know, I, I had some ideas of like additional scenes that I wanted to do. What scenes did you reshoot? Well, I kind of, um, you know, that whole beginning sequence in the forest. The very f- yeah. yeah, yeah. So I that was a kind of shot in twenty twenty actually. Okay. And um, I, I mean, you know, after that, it was quite quick. Like we did the the edit after that in like about three months and I, I brought someone on Tatiana Rhodes who's really an amazing editor and um, yeah like you know starting from that first lunch at the British Library with my friend Ishan to sitting here with you now I mean it's a crazy journey but I think uh, it's still happening in a way because we have a like I told you earlier we have a premiere in uh, Peverano in the Amicordi International Film Festival we've been really lucky uh, to get a screening there in june and we're hoping actually to do a couple of screenings in london this summer as well so that's really really good man very impressive i'm so happy for you thank you um so it's interesting that you shot the very first scene the end like that's one of the later things you added because he really was foretelling a lot of what would happen in the movie yeah well you know it's interesting you say that because i i think it's uh it's sometimes easier to do the beginning after you've done everything else, <laughs> you know? Because mm. you've, had, you've had different eyes, you've seen the edits, you're looking at the edits and you're like, this would make more sense here. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the way I look at it, like film and, and just art in general, you know, you never really, I, I think that in the best case, you shouldn't know what you're going to get at the mm. beginning. It, it needs to kind of like come to you, unravel itself. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, yeah, like you said, like the beginning, it changes depending on how far you've gone on this journey. And then once you're at the end, you've like seen all these different ways it can go. You you can actually more authoritatively say this this is how these this should be the first thing mm. an audience sees in the film. Yeah. It's really interesting how um, the characters change the character arc. Like you know, you think they're one way, and then they're like, oh, they're different, and they're like, all mm. <laughs> one way is just. They're straight laced all through, and at the end, it's just like the director, the lady director, I remember, I remember her name, with a really big fuzzy head. Where she just sort of. Well, don't give it away, you like, know. <laughs> it's, spoiler. It's really interesting how you really think 
you know your character like even the romance in there i wasn't expecting it like yeah. uh, that, that was like uh, oh wow and it was very it was not a it was not made to be a big deal apart from obviously the brother but like it was just a simple story that was just told in such a simple way but a very beautiful way <laughs> really thank you and you know i think my intention was not that this would be some uh, you know detailed character study like i, I wanted it to be almost like real life you know yeah, because you don't really know it really felt like a documentary sometimes yeah thank you <laughs> you're flattering me it's true i enjoyed it i really like i wasn't sure of what i was what i was watching also the genres you were just moving from like mystic mysticism in the beginning mystical i don't know what's the word i'd use for that and then it goes to drama and then it's comedy and then it's like thrillerish and then you know like horrorish actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you just moved through so many genres and it was interesting yeah like life right yeah yeah it's really interesting and i like the characters i like the use of colors like um the the, the i can't remember their names i'm so sorry um with the red uh the red lipstick the red color to sort of connote you know seductress of the of sexuality and um also the contrasting character sorry i'm talking a lot more than don't worry don't worry i'm very happy to hear all this <laughs> like, like, like the con the, the contrasting characters where um sorry i don't know but the don't two main leads their names misha um, and theo misha and theo 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 is a rich boy right theo he's is a, a prince yes. yeah so theo is this um his character is just a typical playboy and Mish is a somewhat recovering playboy. He's coming out of that lifestyle, <laughs> and so you have this. And you know what's so crazy? Like when the first the first thirty minutes of it, I was like, "Wow, this is interesting." Misha, who is you know, he's going to be a good influence to mm. Leo. It's like mm -hmm. this is really nice. <laughs> hey, um, expect the unexpected. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I have to say, like the color you mentioned, it's uh, really I have to uh, credit our wonderful DPs, and I say DPs because we had two. Mm -hmm. uh, we had Richard Osborne, who worked uh, throughout our initial like 2018 shoot, and he did uh, the majority of the scenes. And then in the reshoot process, uh, we had another wonderful DP, Magda Kovalchuk, mm -hmm. who is um, like she's very um you know she has a particular experience and expertise in documentary filmmaking and at the same time her her work is extremely aesthetic i mean her movie cow she shot this movie cow by andrea arnold it was at the uh, Cannes film festival two years ago and working with both of them i i really learned so much and i think the best decision I made was like just to say yes 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 you know and and I think the result is there and I my my hope was to make a movie that feels alive and feels uh, like on stage but also to have this really beautiful aesthetic uh, component and what you're saying is a uh, very uh, great to hear because it sounds like that's how you see it too awesome it's, it's, it's probably seems validating like yeah he got it <laughs> like I, I got okay the the drift of of the intent behind the movie and you, the movie has won so many awards like 12 yes yes i think it's now uh 14. Wow. how does that feel to just have your content be sort of accredited and uh, just giving it amazing you know? and this is your first film uh my first feature yes wow. so um tell us your journey in terms of getting this together how did this all come together how did you get the crew the cast and all of that sure well like i said it all began really with the lunch with my uh, great my best friend my brother ishan deshpande who he um he currently works at uh, harbottle and lewis as an entertainment lawyer but we met uh, back in university together and we i kind of approached him uh, the first time we met we went for a beer mm -hmm. and, and it was in the context of this uh like rehearsal for a play we were doing with the university mm. and uh, he being very like outgoing and open and warm person he, he sort of invited everyone in the rehearsal for drinks afterwards and I hadn't known him at the time and I just was like of course yeah I'll go and then at the end like an hour later I was the only one who still wanted to you know mm. like everyone else kind of oh I actually need to run and then we just ended up having drinks and I he, he was about to graduate and I was in my first year and I told him like, um, 
what are you doing this summer? You want to produce a play? Yeah. And uh, he was like, no, no, I don't want to do it. You know, it's my last year. I want to chill. And then uh, <laughs> I sent it to him and he liked it and, and, and we did it. And then, uh, you know, that was like very small, very small scale. And uh, like that major of you. Sir? This person you're speaking of, is that major of you? Oh, it's neither of them. It's the producer of the oh, show. Okay. It's not the, <laughs> <laughs> the actors, okay. No, no, no. Uh, no, I'm just giving you sort of like backstory. too much backstory maybe. But anyway, like it, it came together when we, me and Ishan, we decided, okay, we have to make this happen. How are we going to make this happen? And then it just sort of becomes a bit more manageable because, I mean, there's so many different ways to find crew and cast. I mean, uh, a big uh, shout out I should make is to Mandy.com. Because Mandy, they, I mean, we've used them in so many projects since, and like, it, it you can find anybody there, you know, and and pretty much all of our cast uh, came, most of our cast came from Mandy, and uh, not all, but most, and the crew uh, we found through, um, you know, Facebook groups. I mean, we didn't really know anyone. We just had to basically like do everything play everything by ear you know and and gradually we got some like money from uh you know my parents <laughs> and uh we like uh, planned a budget and shooting and i guess the whole thing was just that i wrote the script and and everything else was supposed to like kind of just work itself out like not not like on its own but you know it's one of those things that you don't know how you're going to do it but you know that you have to do it and then you you find a way wow sorry <laughs> are you uh, doing your taxes there or something i got distracted by the studio <laughs> no worries no worries <laughs> no matter the fire extinguisher it needs to be somewhere else anyway sorry about that <laughs> like what am i getting fired with this? it's um, an important matter <laughs> um so in terms of the characters you wrote produced and directed this right yeah so how did you was it based on people in your life or like where was the inspiration from yeah yeah for sure i mean i was going to uni in london and i was living in london and all the people in the movie they are in the same situation really they're students in london and, and i think uh, you know i i wouldn't say that i got inspired by any particular like individual but more that i saw some kind of process occur in different people and i just wanted to like isolate it you know and show it and, and the process that i'm talking about is just this idea of like well the name tummy ache it comes from this uh i guess anxiety right like young people today have a huge huge uh, abundance of anxiety and i think well my uh my statement with the film was that it's about their inner potential and and the the sort of very difficult and convoluted path to realizing it and uh, how many temptations there are on the way. And I think uh, very useful for me at the time was the myth of Icarus, you know, the one where... Fly to close to the sun. Yeah, exactly, because you want to, I mean, the intention to fly, it's pure. It's, uh, there's nothing bad, but somehow on this pure path, you, you burn. Oh, that's interesting. Interesting you said that. Because the characters, you really do feel like they're trying to make the best of of life in that moment you know they've had which everyone can relate to you know they've had um opportunities but then what happens after is like and then and then what comes next you know you have all this privilege or you have all this access but at the end of the day you're still <laughs> there comes a point where you have to sort of do something after that after all this that you have and it's something we all go through for example we're coming out of university and just you know that struggle of okay what comes next now you know i had this dream i had this desire to do this but like life is life in right now and there's so many obstacles and yeah so like for example with mish's mish's sister mish misha misha like you know you you could tell like she just just it was just unfortunate i like how you like the characters backstories would somehow come out as the story was going along and you could just see like they were, everyone was struggling with something even um what's the guy misha and who what's the guy misha and theodore theodore's brother you know he's his struggle is he you know he wants to uphold yeah you know the, the reputation yeah and you know so it's like 
everyone has some like an obstacle that they're trying to overcome and it's something we can all relate to so you did i'm just man i just i hope i have one day someone can watch my contents i just be like okay because when i watch it, i was just like okay i need to work with you sometimes Sasha. like that's so that's what i was thinking like you really told as well and it, um yeah you really told it well i enjoyed the movie <laughs> thank you Ola. i really appreciate it I mean, uh, you know, if I can say another uh, comment about this uh, anxiety uh, problem, you know, I think a lot of it is to do with the kind of absolute, uh, uh, you know, in some, you know, you're imagining your life in mm. the future. And I think the the anxiety comes from is that you, you almost feel like everything is possible, you mm. know. If you only had really a few options, I mean, it might, I mean, I don't know, but it might be a little easier, like, because you, you know, if you grew up uh, in, like, the 1500s, and you were, you know, you are born in this uh, place, and that's where you live for 40 years, and the people you know, they're the people you know forever, and, like, modernity implies freedom, right? Like, we can travel, we can do anything, the internet gives us all the knowledge we want. And I think that the, the anxiety comes from that, like you, you just have every tool in some sense at your disposal and, and that, that sort of makes it like, okay, you have all this and so what are you doing, <laughs> you know, and that thought creeps in and I guess uh, the other problem is that everybody compares because everybody's visible and everybody like informs. Especially now with social media. I mean, it's, it's better, like exclusively I think yeah. because of social media. It's, it's, it's wild how we're now even more connected with social media and, and technology but yet we're still so isolated in our mental um, mental space mental health not both it's it's, it's it's interesting that you know you pick on the theme of anxiety and you know like I said earlier like you really it really shines a light on that but like where do you get your inspiration like from like what content? has inspired you over the years yeah uh, great question i i there's so much i for me the thing that really inspires me in art it's when it makes me feel things that i can't very simply explain mm -hmm. you know just this uh, new feeling whatever it may be and uh, you know uh do you want me to tell you my favorite movies yes please sure well, yeah uh, well, I think the movie that really, like, when I was a kid, made a huge impact on me was uh, The Big Lebowski. Okay. And um, and also, I, I loved, uh, you know, Tarantino growing up, Kill Bill, and... Uh, That's one of my favorite movies, actually, Kill Bill. Yeah, I Kill Bill. I said that to you, but, like, Kill Bill is one of my, my top... Quentin Tarantino is amazing, although the last three movies he has made, I don't know what's going on with the guy. <laughs> After... Um, <laughs> After the Hitler movie, I think from there, that's where I was just like, what is going on? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I think Kill Bill, it's a masterpiece. It's, you know? it's I, beautiful. It's nothing like Kill Bill. And, and it's so empowering in a way, you know, I think, uh, I think for me, the most important thing about cinema is to empower people. You know, mm -hmm. you watch a narrative, like for me, The Matrix was a huge movie as well. Yeah. Because I identified myself with Neo, not in some like direct way, like I'm an action hero, but more yeah, like. Save the world, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I guess that's it. Really, you've covered it. But I, I, I thought of it like, uh, you know, I'm, like you can do anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the moral of that movie is that you can bend the rules. Did there you watch no the, the the newest one? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you like it compared to the other one? I mean, it's for the fans. I think only the the real fans would have like got a kick did out. Did you? What do you take from it now? Like the Matrix. Yeah, with the, the, the newest one. How does that add up to the other previous three? Like, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, to be honest, I can't really remember it that, uh, that well. <laughs> I watch it every time I see it. Because now it's on, like, you should, they show it on Sky a lot now. So I, I watch it anytime I can. And it's, it's really... It, it, it's like, what I think of it is like, it's like a true man show and the matrix combined because it just it, and you know it's really weird how like as time progressive or progresses or maybe it's just me personally but like there's more content that i'm seeing around like a lot of this progressive um mind ways of thinking in terms of like astral projection and and awakening and things like that because you know a lot of this 
um, this um, conversations around things like uh, you know third eye and you know all of that is sort of being aware of your awareness and 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 that movie for example the matrix sort of you sort of takes you out of yourself or Neo it's like Neo looking at Neo. It's, it's such a weird meta movie when it's like so I'm just I just so I'm consuming content now and I'm thinking this looks it's like perhaps I'm just mentally growing or it's just or there's just something going on where the content is sort of telling me like okay this is the way of life where you know you have to sort of be outside of yourself and be aware of the energies and the and and other possibilities because the Matrix is a lot of people say it's a documentary, and you know, and there has to be some sort of truth to it in terms of just feeling like there's something outside of yourself that's bigger than you. Absolutely, it, it's it's just it's amazing. I love the Matrix. You know, I'm really happy you mentioned documentary as well because I saw this movie last night. I saw two movies. I went to the Helena Solberg. Uh, um, retrospective at the ICA and she was there um, she's a Brazilian uh, film director she did the first uh, feminist uh, film in Brazil like uh, feminist uh, um, documentary feminist documentary and and uh, in her second movie the double day I mean I I loved both movies of course but uh, the thing that I was really inspired by was that it was a documentary and you saw like uh, kind of very almost like narrative uh, uh, tangents in it. And, and you saw people and they, they had a whole world and, and, and a whole story in their eyes, you know, that wasn't, uh, it wasn't necessary to explicate it, like, oh, this person, blah, blah, blah. it was more like you, you're intrigued. And, and it's funny, you know, I think that ultimately, it, the, the, the illusion of a documentary is that it's supposed to be objective, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think, of course, but, it's something that is ultimately like impossible. You can't be fully objective with filmmaking because mm -hmm. anyone who knows editing knows that it's your it's your choice how to present. Yeah. Like you could cut up this uh, podcast, <laughs> and I would you know it would. But <laughs> my, my point being is that I think that film it's so mysterious that maybe the distinction between narrative and documentary it's not so clear as we think you know mm -hmm. and, and it's very interesting like i just had this thought yesterday and i'm really happy you brought up this about the matrix yeah. because you know it's so relevant and it gets more relevant every year mm -hmm. and i think the most relevant thing about it is that it's not about like uh, we are you know the this the this is good and this is bad it's more like saying like you have both within you and you have the power to choose which one with. Mm. I like that. I every director or writer, producer, like, there has to be a personal signature in your content that you're making. And so there has to be some sort of personal influence, like a couple of um, recordings I had um, a ago that I had. Um, I had a guest who was the director and he made a documentary. And um, the intention of the documentary was to highlight um, the, um, the, the poetry in rap and that was his intent and so he was making a documentary around people who had no prior experience or knowledge of rap and while he was making it one of the people that he met had autism and he could somehow connect because he has a family member that has autism and the documentary went from you know just uh, a, a high level approach of of um, their experiences to a deeper um, explanation of of the characters' lives, yeah, and and, and that was because it could just it was just something they connected with the autism that autism that one of the the documentary participants was going through, and he he just switched his approach to, or he made his approach deeper because he, he connected to it and he he, he just made a different documentary. So yeah, there has to be some sort of personal, yeah, in in, in content you're making because I'm I bet just like how you said with the anxiety, you can all relate with um anxiety of what comes next in terms of the content you made. Um, so it's it's interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to uh, to say? Um, is there any 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 um. 
any content you've seen outside of the um you said you saw two you said there was one about the first the, yes uh, the interview and the double day both by elena solberg elena solberg yes anything else you've seen that's been quite captivating yeah um i just started watching the last of us i know uh, i'm late okay. I've, i've only seen the first two I don't think I'll yeah. continue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really scary. Yeah. I was so uncomfortable, but I kind of, I don't know, I'm drawn to, like, I guess being disturbed by art, maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you've seen my movie. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Actually, you know what? Yeah, yes, that makes sense now, because you really fooled me for the movie up until the end. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. I was like, this is such a, this is such a, Like uh, you know, like you're playing uh, like uh, on the piano, dun, 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 and then after like an hour, dun, <laughs> like what? What is this ride? I thought it was just a simple ride I was on. So uh, yeah, I get that. Um, so um, okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, I guess Tommy Ake, uh, come see it in London this summer. So that's in June, right? Uh, well, in June it will be in uh, Peveragno in Italy, and in London we are still planning. Okay, so TBC. Well, um, what has the journey been like in the festival circuit? How is that like um, for someone who's never done it before? Like, how is that journey like? Uh, you mean like just in general, or yeah, like how is like all the experiences in this for this movie in the festivals? Yeah, um, well, you know, you, there's a really good resource for applying to film festivals, I'm sure you know, I mean, Film yeah, Freeway, right, yeah. that's, uh, I mean, I I can't imagine what it was like before that, mm. <laughs> I mean, I can, but, I mean, some festivals you can't apply with Film Freeway, but I guess, yeah, you just gotta make the plan, it, it lasts a few years, because you have to first try with the top ones, and then you kind of go down tiers, because most of the top ones they require a premier status mm. and then that means you know you can't show it anywhere else but we you know this is our i think second yeah second year on the festival circuit we're uh 14 awards and uh, we have a screening coming soon and it's pretty good because you know it's not not many movies even the win prizes they get screened uh, you know in the last few years anyway because some festivals that usually would have live screenings they they just switch to online only and You know, it takes money to put on real screenings. So, but in Amicorti, we are so blessed. We are among five features getting screened there, and it's a really respectable, like very highly regarded festival. It's in its fifth year, but I'm sure it will go on for hundreds more. Mm, amazing, amazing. Um, I want to just quickly go back to Tommy Ake, and and um were there any specific characters or 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 um dialogue that you really enjoyed um or is it too long ago <laughs> <laughs> no 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 of course i mean you know i know it by heart right okay. like it's okay. <laughs> burned into me no you know what i'll say i think that you asked me earlier like what is it what about it is like personal for me i i think that i as a person And uh, other people have said this to me, like, I guess I'm a combination maybe of like three characters okay. in the film. And that's Misha, Theodore and Agnieszka, which is the director. And, uh, oh, wow. Okay. That's not scary at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's three. It's three and one. Yeah, but the three of them. <laughs> hey, like we talked about, man, everyone has both good and bad. <laughs> Chaotic and... Uh, there's a line in the movie where she talks about the dichotomy between Dionysus and Apollo mm. and uh, yes that's not something that like, I, I, I there were a lot of things you were saying there that one has to really pay attention to them like you know they're not like you are, yeah see yeah, yeah. It's, uh, not there's a lot of things that you have to <laughs> yeah apologize for saying those but there are a lot of things that you have to pay attention to like if we like You were referencing other mythological things or, or Shakespearean things. I, I, I can't remember. But like there were things you would you would reference. You would drop the character would say something that you have to pay attention because it's coming back. Because that scene at the end, there's a lot of reference that I'm sure I missed that you were foreshadowing. Yeah, no, yeah. and don't apologize by the way I mean to be honest with you like I wrote it when I was 19 oh, like wow. 20 so I'm 25 now and obviously looking at it now I'm not looking at it with the same eyes mm. and I think it's true for all you know when you 
like when you watch your content that you yeah, made yeah. three years ago it's sounds like cringe <laughs> i think it's good though because obviously like you, you know we're growing and the, yeah. when you're growing you you cringe yeah, <laughs> what yes. you did before yeah but i'm really i'm really happy with this movie to be honest with you i think like you said it's a I, I think it's simple enough and complex enough, you know. Absolutely. Mm. Right. So what do we talk about now? Uh, I'm completely open to suggestion. Let's talk about the... Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about all, like, all the movies out now that, that really, really move you. Sure. Yeah. I'll tell you, I uh, I was really, really moved by um, Avatar 2, I'll be honest with you. Jesus Christ, I just realized the tripod, there's a tripod just standing right there in front of the camera. <laughs> and it's probably been here for all of my As in like, you, d you didn't notice it there. I didn't notice it. Dude, it happens, it happens. <laughs> <laughs> It's better than like finding out that you weren't recording. Uh, definitely recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the most important. Yeah. Avatar two. I I think it's insane. I mean, it's unbelievable. Haven't seen it, and I I didn't really like the first one. I mean, you know, I don't even remember the first one. I was like so young, but the second one, I I just I mean, think about it. James Cameron. Yeah, it's he, remarkable. He directed like three of the six movies that or five movies that yeah. went above uh, one billion breaking records and, and the guy you know he was a truck driver he was yeah. a truck driver going to the university and xeroxing uh, visual effects essays like phd studies and like celluloid and and film and uh he, he just kind of became a massive director just like that and he did terminator that was his first movie Gross like four hundred million. Have you heard the theory of the Terminator being a prequel to the Matrix? Have you heard of that? No, I'm sorry, I haven't. Oh, I haven't heard. There's a lady. Um, I can't remember her name, but she says that she wrote a script, and she sent it. It was like a sort of like a competition, and she wrote somewhat similar to the Matrix and Terminator, but it was all one story. And then she submitted it, and the studio saw it, and they broke it into different movies. So, like, if you look at the Terminator with, um, um, damn it, I can't remember their names. Uh, um, Sarah, Sarah Connor. Oh, yeah, Sarah Connor and John, John Connor. Connor. So, John Connor is Neo in the sense that, and the Matrix is the machine trying to stop yeah. Neo from ever being born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, for me, it makes sense. It yeah, makes sense it makes that, sense. that it is makes plausible. She, she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's out there. She's on YouTube. She's a black woman too. And both, both are about the danger of technology. Yeah, basically. Well, not really just about that. Um, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, uh, I enjoyed it, but like I haven't seen a lot of like the last two Terminator movies. After the after the, the third one or the fourth one, I haven't I haven't seen any of the newer ones, the, the Sarah Connor one, or the, but like the first, the original trilogy. Oof, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you know, honestly, I really think Terminator Two. It's like a, his best work. I think it's Apex James Cameron. As much as I'm a huge fan of Terminator, is he still the one making the newer ones? That's not James Cameron anymore, is it? Uh, come again? Terminator movies like this. No, no, he he didn't do like because they did a fourth one and a fifth one, mm. and I don't think he did those. Uh, or he maybe just produced and didn't direct. But like in Avatar two, he has so many. Um, I mean, you haven't seen it, so I'll let you watch it. But I saw it in IMAX, man. It, it, it just felt like um, a movie from the future. You yeah, know, let me saw it. She seen it maybe four times. <laughs> she was so and she gets so angry with me. Like, how come I've not seen this movie? And so everyone, I, everyone, yeah, they like one person told me they saw it in forty or something like that, where they could really feel. Is that what it is? What where they could really feel? <laughs> you know, I saw the Mario movie in four uh, D. I saw recently. that in four D. <laughs> yeah, it was real. That was a bit wild. All the car racing and the it sprays you with water and that is amazing. There's like smell. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The food too, you can smell. Yeah, but that would be nice. <laughs> They only use the smell for it to show like the dark parts, like the mm -hmm. evil parts. Mm -hmm. So smoke a lot. 
Yeah, yeah, kind of like just a bit like stale bacon, a bit like maybe mm. a, like a weird kind of artificial smell. Mm. Definitely I artificial. To, I need to experience that because that was a really good movie. I enjoyed it so much. Mario? Yeah, I was there with my nieces and kids. <laughs> I, yeah, I was with my sister, my little sister. It's such a family movie. Yeah, such a I, movie. I've heard that, uh, you know, the critics are just slating it. It's ridiculous. Even, even Bowser's was, this character was so funny. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't know Donkey Kong would be uh, the movie as much as it was because like, I didn't watch any trailer. I didn't even look at the poster, nothing. I just knew Mario was coming out. Okay, cool. We got Seth Rogen, you know, put him. He, he was Donkey, Donkey Kong. Kong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what did you think of Chris Pratt as Mario? I, I, I didn't mind it. I just didn't like the way Luigi was portrayed. I just, because I like Luigi. Like, yeah. You know, I just like, why is he so weak? Like, what's going on with Luigi? Like, he's, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, he was barely in it. And it was Charlie Day as well. He's like my, one of my favorites. Oh. I don't know what that is. Um, but like, yeah, I just that's the only thing I would change. And then at the end, how did he just know how to fight? <laughs> how did Luigi that was scared all for the movie? How did you know how to do all the flips? He's from Arnold. Brooklyn, man. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> of course he knows how to fight. <laughs> you know that little. Um, in the in the in the, in the, the little cell they were all placed in that little ghost-like figure that's like a baby. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Or yeah. say so many dark things with this childlike voice. So I was like, that's very interesting. Yeah, it just hit all the right marks. Like, mm. yeah, audiences love it. I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. We need movies like this because yeah. uh, title of the Avenger movies. Huh? Oh, Jesus! Don't let's not. <laughs> I have to go there because my nephew is a big fan. And yeah. He, forces me <laughs> like we are not just me all of us forces all of us me and his mom we're just like i really liked uh, infinity war i think infinity war has an interesting philosophical question at the core you know that that really made the movie feel almost like uncomfortable is that the one with the cyborg yeah, it's with Thanos, and it's the one where at the end half of the Thanos, world yeah. dies. Uh, I think, I might be wrong. Where he snaps, is that the snapping? Yeah, yeah, he's got all the rings on, and everyone like dissipates and turns into dust. Because the, think about it, like this guy Thanos, you know, he's just as powerful as everyone. Mm. He he has every. I mean, he's more powerful, right? And and his argument is like, I need to wipe out fifty percent of it, the whole universe at random to make sure the other fifty percent survives. And this is like a crazy, like, whatever, like, you know, so Charles Manson logic. He's like somewhat justified in that he's not, you know, he's trying to just make the world a better place. But at the end of the day, you're just getting rid of half of the population is too <laughs> not right. No, no, of course. But, you know, the, the movie didn't, like, in a way, I thought the movie argued for Thanos. Like, yeah. they made his point seem so kind of like damn like well i guess you know someone has to make that decision mm. and then in the second one they don't i mean they just go back in time and whack thanos like yeah. there's no there's no philosophical defeat of thanos in a way just in I the second like movie. him because they feel like he's his, his madness is somewhat justified that's what i'm also seeing a lot in terms of content that's why we like the darker visions now because we're seeing that sometimes their motivations are not completely crazy like it kind of makes sense the way they're going about it is wild but the intent behind it is a bit it makes a bit of sense yeah 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 i mean you know the anti-hero like one of my favorite shows is the sopranos yeah. i'd say i think it's like my favorite show to be honest with you okay. like if i had to pick one be the Sopranos and I, I think we're you know attracted to things that are other to us you know mm. things that we don't really know about and we all like try to be good people in a way like the best we can and when we see someone who doesn't have that on screen mm. you know even though we judge them and, and you know distance ourselves we're still looking right like we're still interested mm. it's interesting that's very interesting it and for me, feels realer. it feels more like you can relate when it's just not completely cut out. Like, it's, 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 be careful there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like an elephant, you know? <laughs> very difficult for me to maneuver. But yeah, I agree. And people like aren't very um, clear cut, right? Like people aren't just good or bad. I mean, some people are better than others, but I think everybody uh, has different uh, sort of like 
uh, cards that they were dealt. And in, in, in art, when we just have characters who are moral and, uh, you know, perfect, impeccable, and they always act impeccably. Like Superman. Yeah, exactly. A bit dull. Yeah, we want Batman. We want yeah. the dark. We want to... Because yeah. we, we can't relate with like, Superman. I want to see the Superman where he goes dark in Justice. That I want to see. I want to see Superman murder people. I want to see him mash up everybody. <laughs> I want to see. That's what I want to see. I want, I want that Superman. People will go to cinemas to see that. Dude, you know, there's a comic book. Uh, I forgot what it's called, but it's basically a reimagining of Superman. If he hadn't landed in Kansas and he landed in Moscow instead, and he <laughs> grew up in the USSR. Not in Moscow, but oh, in Russia. Oh, yeah, I think I've seen that. I've seen that cartoon, yeah. It's, uh, it's he, pretty interesting. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it. And Lex Luthor is his main enemy, and he's the American, like, resourceful venture capitalist. And yeah. and uh, Superman, he's, like, the classic, whatever, like, deity that, yeah. you know, the communist uh, dictators created uh, to, you know, inspire the masses or whatever. Yeah, but, but he, <laughs> it kind of made more sense that he would be that, that, like, golden boy, perfect guy in the context of the totalitarian regime, yeah. you know? Because that's, uh, you know, I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I uh, maybe we should talk about um, the anti-hero thing in Tommy Ake a bit. Okay. Just yeah. uh, just a quick, uh, because I, I wanted the characters in the beginning, you know, to feel like when I was writing it, this is a, maybe maybe would be interesting to talk about. Like I when I was writing the film, my imagining was that the characters are good people mm. and they enter a cruel world mm. that screws them up. Yeah. And then when I kind of was editing it, I realized that I made a movie not about good people who enter a horrible world, but kind of bad people <laughs> that enter no, a horrible no world. People. There was, there was no, there's not one character there that I can say is bad. There were good people. Everyone there was good. Even... Sal. Yeah, I don't know about Sal, but like everyone else, they were just dealing with life so there's not one character there that i can say this person is bad but you're not saying they're good either you know like they're not they are in a way they are good but the choices and decisions they make aren't always good and i guess that's what my point was like Mm -hmm. they they make these choices at the end of the day they had to they had to make the choices mrs sister had to make that choice because you know she just had to and we don't really know why Misha is um who, I mean we don't really know what set off his his, his, his uh, recovery. Mm-hmm. We don't know that part. So something must did happen. Yeah. There yeah, something happened there. Yeah. So we did we do know, sorry about that. <laughs> we do know what set off his whole recovery journey. But so so that's his arc because he was in a recovery he's in a journey of recovery. And then um, Theodore is in a journey of you know, he's just, he's just, he's just happy and just carefree. He's, he's just a, a chill, regular, carefree, rich boy, and you know, he was good. Even the fact I don't know, like when, when um, we can talk about this, we can talk about like some of the, the, the like when he's, he, he, he says you can be my roommate when he, yeah, he. That was nice. I was like, this is really nice. This is crazy. I would never do this for... This is, this is, this is what white people do for... <laughs> like, I, was like, I was like, okay, this is interesting. And that's why the romance was a shock because I was not expecting it at all, at all, at all, at all. And I was like, oh, this is nice. And But then even, <laughs> even when it was nice, and then he's like, Theodore is still Theodore. Like, despite the fact that this is something real, and possibly genuine and he's just like well you know i did what i had to do because you know <laughs> he's like what <laughs> and there was no there was, and misha just walks away and <laughs> so it was it was and then I, it's, yeah it's, the characters were intertwining and and moving from one it's, it's like we're all shades of gray there's no there's no black and white there's no good or evil it's just we're all shades of gray and and that's what the movie explores. Yes, you said it better than I could. Yeah, thank you. I was going on a long tangent there, but <laughs> no, you got there. 
So yeah, and the, the ladies, um, yes, I thought the characters were really the ladies were interesting. Apart from um, the the blonde lady, I remember her name. Where you think she's, you know, she was so clean cut when you meet her, and then yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> as the movie progresses, you're like, whoa, yo. <laughs> I I well, I like that. You know, for me, uh, I think it's uh, great when you're watching a movie and then you're surprised. Yeah. You know? Yeah, everything was surprising, especially at the end. Yeah. Hey, I, you know, for me, uh, I should say like the 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 play that they're in, uh, the Bakai by Euripides. It's very, it was very influential for me when I was thinking of the plot. What is that? It, can talk about that. Sure, sure. So the Bakai was the last tragedy by Euripides. He's mm -hmm. one of like the four uh, major tragedy writers from ancient Greece, and he was the youngest one. He was like the bad boy, uh, mm -hmm. you know. The young uh, master, and and this play, it was his last play. Uh, it's about Dionysus, mm -hmm. so it's actually one of the first plays where a god was the protagonist, mm -hmm. and and the Dionysus he comes back to his uh, hometown Thebes, and he basically discovers that his uh, ritual, well, the rituals that his followers, the Menads, uh, do in the forest, these bacchanalias that are very, you know, like. Uh, psychedelic like probably the first use of psychedelics mm. was there in ancient, Greece. ancient Greece exactly the Ulyssian mysteries that was also related to Dionysus but uh, this, the, the, the tragedy it's about uh, the king of Thebes Pentheus who like is tricked by Dionysus to go with him to these rituals in the mountains on the fields and he Dionysus he long story short he basically tricks he, he deceives the women in the ritual to look at him like he's uh, a threat, uh -huh. like really bad threat. And all the women led by his mother rip him limb from limb with their bare hands, this king. When they realize it was... No, 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 because of the... Well, because Dionysus, he can play with reality. So he, he sends them... I mean, maybe I'm uh, telling it wrong, but uh, he essentially fills them with this rage and like... Uh, because he's also not supposed to be there, right? Like he's a man and these are women in the... And, and and the ending it's very um that makes sense so <laughs> i'm just wary of talking about it too much because so, i don't so, want the audience to be so that spirit entered that person then and and then uh yeah the, and the back eye for me was also inspiring because i think it's very uh, it's it, we living in a world where dionysus uh, component is downplayed i think Know, and there's obviously good reason for that but i think in our own lives in our personal like development or whatever we should very much pay attention to this chaotic and and uh, uh, non-rational part of ourselves mm. you know because uh, when we are born we are always told the apollonian side but never the dionysian side with the apollonian side being you know you go to school or and i i think uh, looking back at it, I don't think it's so simple as uh, that. I think that it's much more complex because there's also like societal institutional influence and then there's so many other factors. But I think uh, at least in um, in this text that Euripides wrote, uh, there is a lot of, uh, I think, useful knowledge and wisdom for, for anybody you know, wow. today. That's amazing, man. That's <laughs> you're really dropping a lot of things that is really interesting um, to hear because even I don't know if this relates to what you were saying. Hopefully it does. But you know when they there's this saying of um, when someone is angry, that's when you really know who their personality is. But when they they negate all the good that they've done and just one moment of madness and you're like that's who they are. But I feel like what you were saying was, you know, you, you, what you, we're so complex in our personality, like, just because we present in one way every time and then you see it different, it doesn't, doesn't just sort of wipe away the other aspects of us that's good. It's, we're, we're dynamic, we're complex, and we have good and we have bad, we're all shades, and, you know, we need to give people grace. And, and, and I think that's what I got from what you were saying. Yeah, no, I, I mean, of course, I... You know, I think you're talking about also forgiveness. Mm. I mean, that's a bit, a bit of a next step from what I was saying, but I think, yes, we need to have more forgiveness maybe in our society. Okay. 
like uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but also, I think you're right in saying that uh, people. I don't know. I I think people get angry because they have something within them that uh, is unsaid, you know. Mm. And and of course, it doesn't define them. It, it's more that they just like didn't say it. I guess it comes out of almost nothing sometimes when you just have this thing and you're not talking about it and then it builds, it builds, it builds, it builds and then you, it becomes something and it, it was nothing to begin with but just because you didn't spit it out it became something, you know and maybe that's the, the lesson here, you know we should be more uh, comfortable letting out the things that bother us or the things that we want to say and, and then when we do that we are engaging with the Dionysian part in us because it's not always advantageous to do that, right? It's, it doesn't always work to your advantage. But if you look at it like I'm investing this effort into my spiritual well-being by not keeping this whatever bad negative energies inside me, inside me and just maybe find a healthy release for it. I think from the, that's what Misha tried to do, yeah. man. Tried I'm to. really trying to, to yeah, connect that with the, the characters. That's, that's, that's how I'm... I'm no. Yeah, like... That's, yeah, wow. You're kind of deep, Sasha. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, think, I think it's best to wrap it up here. Thank you um, so much for I, having me. You Please come again. And I like the way your brain thinks. <laughs> it's very interesting and... The, your inspirations and the things you've read and your, your knowledge is, is interesting. I think it would be nice to have you come and we talk about like a, another movie, like a different movie. Sure. Other movies and other, other movies. I think you, there are possibly things that you would see that, 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 that would be interesting. Your perspective is interesting. So. Thank you all. I actually am almost finished with uh, my next film. It's a short film called Conflict. Okay. <laughs> well, we will keep an eye out for that yes. and um, thank you very much for coming this thank is you. the real happy hour podcast